Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. You know, they used to say you are what you eat, but maybe you are what you inherit. Today we're going to be talking with Rebecca Bassett. She is a board-certified genetic counselor at Kaiser Permanente, and we're going to be talking about what sort of genetic testing is done for patients these days. What does it tell them, and how do we use that information to improve their health overall? So thank you for joining me today, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I remember thinking genetics was really cool when I was in college and learning all about DNA, and I mean, that was probably uh, way outdated now, given where we've come with our advances in biology and understanding of genetics. But when I mm-hmm. say the term genetics, what exactly are we referring to? What, when people come in and ask you, you know, what, what does genetics counseling mean, what, are the, what do you tell them? Well, genetic counseling is um, really just explaining what we've inherited from generations before us. So um, we're able to basically translate or um, interpret um, one's genetic or inherited information that was passed down from generations before them. So it gets transferred because of, I referenced earlier, DNA. So you get Mm -hmm. DNA from your biological mother, your biological father, and that becomes your cellular DNA. So in some cases, what you inherit genetically may manifest as you get older, and and it may not. So what, what makes certain characteristics or traits become something that people experience versus maybe not having that? So some of our traits um, that we inherit are some things that can physically be seen, like our hair color and our eye color. And then some of the traits that we inherit, we don't actually see because it's the way that our bodies function um, and do things kind of in the background that we don't have to think about and um, protect ourselves and help ourselves divide and make new selves. So a lot of times people may think, okay, if everybody has a certain medical condition in the family, maybe I'm going to get it. That's not necessarily the case. But what sort Mm -hmm. of reasons might people need genetic counseling? Why would they be sent to see you? So a lot of times people come to us when there is something in their family that they have a question about. So, for example, um, a lot of our referrals, a lot of people come in because of a family history of somebody, let's say, with breast cancer or colon cancer in their family. And they're, they're um, interested or concerned to know, what are the chances for this happening to me? Is there something that, um, that could have been passed down to me that would have increased my chances to also have the same thing? Now, do you generally test the family member, or do you test the person who has the cancer? We prefer to start with the individual who has the cancer because the the main question is, is that individual's cancer genetic or inherited? And we like to go straight to the source, so to speak, and find out if that person actually has any risk factors that that they're born with in their DNA um, that they could have passed on to their children or um, maybe other blood relatives could have the same thing. So um, always starting with the affected person, if possible, is, is um, going to provide us with the best and the most information. 
And then if they're not available, then you would potentially, if it's, you know, a grandmother or a mother or father who's passed away, you might have to test the children of that person. And therefore, you would not necessarily be able to test the person who might have had the cancer, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, circumstances happen where these, um, unfortunately, some family members do pass away and we're not able to test them. But it, it doesn't stop us from trying to help the rest of the family um, if there is a, a higher risk that, that they might have because of the, the cancers in their family. Now, when we're talking about doing genetic testing, we're probably not talking about doing some of the ones that, you know, detect ancestry. You know, you hear about some of these that you could do that you could get this kit mailed to your house and you spit into a little vial or you do a cheek swab or something. Those are a little different. When you're talking genetic testing, it's it's a little bit more specialized. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, there's the, the testing that you can order online for yourselves. Um, we call that direct-to-consumer testing. And, um, you know, that's that certainly has its place for recreational purposes. But most of the time, it's not going to tell us the same um, information or the same level of detail um, for something like a cancer risk factor that we would have to order in a specialized lab that's um, certified to do that kind of testing. So if you're referred or suggested that you should go see a genetic counselor, you can't just use one of those direct-to-consumer we call them over-the-counter products and think, oh, well, I'll just do mm-hmm. that at home. You probably need to see the professional to pick and choose which testing might be targeted towards what you're looking for. Yeah, and that's what genetic counselors are here to do, to help order the best and most appropriate testing to answer the questions and um, provide the best information for somebody's health care. Now, one of the things that I think these days is somewhat overlooked is when we think about the top types of cancer, particularly those that we screen for. You know, for women, there's breast cancer. For women and men, there is colon cancer. For men, prostate cancer. We also do screening for lung cancer, depending on someone's personal risk of smoking. Some of these could be associated with just sporadic episodes of one family member developing a condition, Mm -hmm. but some of them could be related to syndromes. What sort of common syndromes, and by common, I mean, well, it's not that common, but it could be there. What are some of the different types of syndromes that you've heard about that maybe people need to consider testing for if they've developed one of those cancers? That's that's really a great question because um, we, we get this question often. And um, when it comes to breast and ovarian cancer, there's hereditary breast and ovarian cancer syndrome, which are related to the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes. Um, A lot of people may have heard of those genes before because there have been some famous celebrities who've come out um, talking about their experiences with this genetic testing and um, looking at the the results and using it to manage their health care. A syndrome that is almost as common as um, the BRCA genes but less talked about is Lynch syndrome which can increase our risks for developing colorectal um, uh, colon cancer and endometrial or uterine cancer. Um, But it's it's nearly as frequent as the hereditary breast and ovarian cancer syndrome. So how come we haven't heard about it more? Um, I think, you know, the celebrity um, discussions about hereditary breast and ovarian cancer syndrome have helped with bring those genes to light. 
um, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not sure of too many celebrities, although I'm sure there are some who have Lynch syndrome um, who, who've had the same kind of spotlight um, put on them for, for that. But it is certainly um, something that is very important to talk about and um, something that we want to help people identify for themselves if they want to know that if they have these higher risks for these certain cancers. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Rebecca Bassett of Kaiser Permanente. She's a genetic counselor. We're going to talk a little more about things like Lynch syndrome and breast and ovarian cancer genetic susceptibilities. And what do you do if you find out that you do have this particular genetic predisposition? We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Namea Hawaii and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have Rebecca Bassett, genetic counselor from Kaiser Permanente on the line. And right before the break, we were talking about Lynch syndrome, perhaps a lesser known potential genetic susceptibility to colorectal cancer, endometrial cancer that can occur and sometimes runs in families. And we also talked a little bit about the BRCA genes that do increase the susceptibility for breast and ovarian cancer. I'm curious, you know, when you hear about some of these syndromes, you think that potentially it might be an inherited, inherited genetic risk. I know with breast and ovarian cancer associated with the BRCA genes, as they're known to, to be called, there could be a significant increased risk, you know, 75, 80% chance that someone might develop a particular cancer if they ha- carry those genetics. So it's not to say that if they don't have the genetics, they won't get that particular condition. But if they do have that genetic susceptibility, there may be some changes in how their care is managed. What do people do with something like BRCA gene positivity? Well, it's a a very personal choice, and it's something that we try to explore um, with individuals when they're having their genetic counseling session, and we we talk about different options that that they might um, choose to do. Um, One certainly would be doing increased screening and surveillance for breast cancer by adding something like a breast MRI to the annual mammogram. Um, we typically recommend spacing them out by six months um, just so that we're getting some sort of breast cancer screening at that six-month interval. Um, other women may choose to be more aggressive with their treatments and or their, um, their hereditary risk factor and may choose to do um, risk-reducing or what used to be called a prophylactic mastectomy where they may decide to remove their breast before any cancer has a chance to form. Um, when it comes to ovarian cancer, we're not as good as good at picking up ovarian cancer by doing screening tests like ultrasounds or even blood tests for that. So uh, we do talk to women at risk for ovarian cancer about that, and um, we talk about decisions about whether they're going to have children or um, finished having children and um, whether they may consider removing their ovaries. Um, since that's a much more difficult cancer to detect than breast breast cancer. So these would be direct implications for the person who has that positive genetic risk. They may actually alter their care, alter their body, or do something before they get Mm -hmm. cancer to make sure that it doesn't develop. 
Now, in that situation, there could be some ways that you mentioned the prophylactic or preventative mastectomy, that it could be done and it's possible to do. I think about something like Lynch syndrome, where you probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to remove your colon. That's not something you're going to do readily. So mm-hmm. what are the risk factors or what sort of cancers are associated with Lynch syndrome? And and you mentioned it's about as common as the BRCA gene susceptibility. How common in the general population is that? Um, so about one out of every 300 people has Lynch syndrome, um, which is, you know, in the genetics world, we call that very common. Um, in terms of cancer risks that go along with Lynch syndrome, the primary cancers that we see are, um, like I said before, colon cancer and endometrial or uterine cancers. And the lifetime chances for developing um, colon cancer is somewhere between 60 and 80 percent. And for um, women, the the lifetime chances for uterine cancer are also up to about 60 percent. So it's a pretty high risk for for that uh, for women to get a second cancer um, based on having a Lynch syndrome diagnosis. So it can be very important in terms of screening um, and prevention when it comes to diagnosing Lynch syndrome for both men and women. So what sort of situation would make somebody say, hey, I ought to check that out? I mean, I could imagine that if you have an individual in your family who's developed colon cancer, but they're also maybe older in life, then that may not necessarily impart the same risk as someone who gets this when they're in their 30s or 40s, I would think. You're absolutely right. Um, Age of diagnosis is a very important factor that we look at. And the reason is people who have inherited or genetic factors for cancer tend to have certain cancers at earlier ages, like um, younger ages for breast cancer or colon cancer in a family. Um, So knowing um, the family history and knowing um, the ages of diagnosis, or at least approximating, is really helpful for your genetics appointment because we're then able to look at our guidelines to look at some of these red flags to see if... um, if one may meet those criteria for getting genetic testing done. So not everybody who says, I want to test for it, really needs to. There needs to be targeted testing of individuals who have a certain family history risk that they're aware of. Absolutely. That's why you know many um, insurance companies have their own published guidelines for when they will approve this type of genetic testing to be done. Um, genetic counselors are certainly here to help with um, talking that through and figuring that out um, and getting the, the appropriate testing or counseling somebody, hey, you know what, your risks are actually pretty low for this. And genetic testing um, may not add that much more because, um, because we're not you know, likely to find something for you. Do people generally get referred to genetic counselors from their from their oncologist if they have cancer or from from their primary care provider if they have particular risk factors? Oh, yeah. We get referrals from all sorts of different providers, Um, our oncologists, our surgeons, our primary care providers, our OBGYNs, um, anyone who's talking to their patients about the family history um, or if a patient even has their own concerns to say, hey, doc, you know, I just learned this about my relatives, you know, do you think there's anything that I can do? So, again, you know, learning about your family history and bringing that information 
to your trusted doctor um, can help with getting you into CS and genetics so that we can go over the nitty-gritty of it and um, figure out what the best and most appropriate action is going to be. Well, so it sounds like knowing family history may really be the key. So if you don't know enough about your remote estranged uncle, and that, that actually could potentially have an impact for you. So it would be worth kind of exploring a little bit. Do you ever mm-hmm. see folks who have, maybe they're adopted, they don't know their family history, and they're worried about their risks. Would they also be eligible if they had a particular diagnosis? Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. So um, we understand that even if you're adopted or sometimes not adopted but may have um, an estranged family member or maybe estranged yourself from your family, getting this information can be difficult. And um, we do talk to people still who um, are curious about this information for themselves, even when the the family history information is unknown. may or may not meet criteria based on an individual's insurance company's um, own guidelines, but um, a genetic counselor can certainly help navigate that for an individual. Now, we've talked about BRCA testing and Lynch syndrome. What are some other common or relatively common genetic syndromes that you find that people need to be tested for? There, I mean, there are thousands of genetic syndromes, and asking a, somebody who works in genetics what is common is um, kind of a loaded question. <laughs> That's a difficult <laughs> um, thing. It didn't say it would be yeah. easy. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it is, um, there, there are all sorts of genetic components that go into certain heart conditions, neurologic conditions, other types of cancer susceptibility genes for things like pancreatic cancer, um, prostate cancer even has some genetic components to it. Um, so really genetics can cover any specialty, any sort of part of the body, so to speak. Um, and knowing that information can just provide more information for your doctors in understanding if there are potential risk, risk factors that might not be already on their radar to help with screening and um, making sure that we we get the right types of tests for, for people and being more tailored to their own genetic makeup. All right. No more super loaded questions to the genetic counselor. <laughs> I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what are the potentials that genetic testing over time improves. Do you ever need to repeat it? And if so, how would you know that that's something that has been discovered and available for you. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have Rebecca Bassett. She's a board-certified genetics counselor at Kaiser Permanente, and we're talking today about genetic testing and what sorts of things do counselors help patients to navigate when they have a personal or family history of a diagnosis that could potentially be part of an increased risk for other types of cancers, and what might they do about that? I'm curious, Rebecca, you've taken care of a lot of people over the years. Do you have any memorable case that you recall that you might have explored with someone and found out something surprising? 
Well, yes. I mean, they're, you know, doing hereditary cancer risk assessment. Um, you know, we, we've helped a lot of people over the years in learning about not only their own diagnoses, but helping their family members to identify who may be at risk for the same type of cancer susceptibility um, or other type of genetic or hereditary susceptibility. And in identifying um, who may be at risk, we're able to get those patients in for their screenings and even um, start screenings early to find either, let's say um, we've had some cases of people discovering a very early treatable breast cancer. Um, we've been able to get people in for early colonoscopies where um, precancerous polyps that haven't actually transformed into cancer yet have been able to be taken out and um, prevent those types of cancers from happening. So um, there are many success stories that we have, but there are, you know, very special families that, that we've worked with throughout the years that um, we've been able to not only help that individual, but their family members as well. Well, and you mentioned earlier that sometimes it's not just cancer related. There's cardiac conditions that could have a genetic component to it. There's neurologic conditions that could also have that. So it mm -hmm. sounds like there's a wide variety of diagnoses for which if there's any question that it could be inherited, that might be a reason that somebody might want to discuss it with a genetics counselor, see if there's something that they need to be cautious or concerned about that they could share with their family. Yeah, and um, I always recommend that people are just curious, you know, talk to your your elders in your family, your kupuna, and find out, hey, you know, what did this person have? Oh, did other people have that? And, oh, you know, did they have that at a young age? And what was their age? Um, and you'll find that some family members are going to not be as receptive to talk about it, and that's okay. We, you know, we don't want to um, harm anyone in, in bringing these things up. But you'll be surprised that just having a little bit of curiosity um, will actually start a conversation. And if you do happen to notice a pattern of multiple individuals that have the same thing in the family, um, it's certainly um, recommended to talk to your doctor about it because you may be able to talk to a genetic counselor who can help with figuring out what's going on in the family. Is there any downside to doing genetic testing? We, we definitely talk about this before we do genetic testing. And um, one of the major things that we talk about for either, you know, people who already are diagnosed with a, a certain type of health condition or have a family history is the um, psychological impact of knowing. For some people, it's, it's a relief to know. For some people, it's not. It, it can be actually harmful for them to have that information. So we do really explore that a lot before um, actually ordering a genetic test to make sure that that individual is able to deal with those results um, because once we have them, we can't unlearn what we've already learned. Um, the other thing that we, we extensively talk about with people is the protections under the law that we have when it comes to genetic information and preventing discrimination. So back in 2008, there was a law called the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, or GINA, that was passed. Um, and it's a federal law, so we're all protected under it in the U.S. And it protects our health insurance and it protects our jobs in most cases. Um, 
but it does not protect other things like um, life insurance, disability, long-term care, accidental death, et cetera. So um, those are usually the insurances that are um, supplementary or optional when people apply for their jobs. So a lot of people will want to go back and check with their HR, like, oh, did I sign up for that? Did I did I get that coverage? Or, you know, maybe I should look for something um, online and get something on my own, even not through a job. Um, but making sure that we actually have that discussion and people have the opportunity to think about um, the future in that regard is extremely important so that we minimize any sort of risk factors for doing genetic testing. Yeah, I would think that, you know, like you mentioned with health insurance or for job purposes, we might have the federal protection, but if you're looking to get life insurance, they ask a question, have you ever been tested for any sort of genetic syndrome or genetic problem? And, you know, you have to be honest on those applications. If you're not and they find out that you were tested, then there could be some implications for that as well. So certainly reasons that people want to consider all of the different possibilities. You know, if you do genetic testing and maybe, boy, back when I was learning about genetics in college would have been like 1990 and now it's 2022. (laughs) I am certain that the world of genetics has changed since I was in college. So what are some of the some of the changes that have happened and where do you see genetic testing going in the future? Genetic testing has improved greatly in the past few years. Um, And it has to do with technology. So we're now able to look at our DNA or sequence our genes um, more rapidly, and we can look at more genes simultaneously, not just one gene at a time with our technology advances. Um, The number of genes that we have been able to identify being associated with certain conditions is always improving. I feel like there are new genetic tests that that come out almost every day. Um, that we were able to look at. So a gene we might not have known about a couple of years ago may now be something that we can test for, and it's just a matter of knowledge. Um, and genetics is one of those fields where the knowledge is continuously improving. So um, one thing that I've talked to people about is like, oh, I've had this BRCA test done, um, you know, back in 2005. Um, should I do something new? And Yes, there's absolutely new technology to look at the same genes, but then there are also other genes that can be associated with hereditary breast and ovarian cancer, or even other cancers. Um, what might have been thought of as a breast cancer gene back then is now also known to cause colon cancer, pancreatic cancer. So um, we do recommend that you stay in touch with your genetic counselor, even if you've had genetic testing. Um, it might not need to be on an annual basis, but every so often touching bases with the, the genetic counselor can certainly be helpful in um, continuing the quest to, to figure out what's going on for an individual or in their family. So advances mean that what you tested back 15 years ago, you might want to consider testing again because although it might have been negative then, there might be some changes that might have occurred in the ability to detect subsequent variations of the gene, I would imagine. Absolutely. And that's why having um, a close relationship with your genetic counselor um, and staying in touch is very helpful because they'll be able to navigate that for you. And they and, and we know um, when genetic testing updates are happening and, 
you know, if, if an individual might benefit from repeating a test or even doing a new test. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of information out there. And the first place to start is talking to your doctor and seeing if you need to be referred to a genetics counselor or talking to your oncologist. But even before then, maybe just talking to your family and finding out if there is a risk that you might not be aware of that might occur in several family members. It's worth having that discussion and bringing that information to your next visit. I do want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show, Rebecca Bassett. Thank you. As a genetic counselor at Kaiser Permanente, we appreciate all the information that you've shared with us and helped people to maybe make some choices that will improve their health as well. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we will see you next week right here on The Body Show. See you then.